Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Odds, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Good morning, folks, and welcome back to Out of Oz, a podcast of Building 28 Church, where we confront the fantasies and fallacies of modern Christian culture with compassion, conviction, courage, and superpowers, as always. (laughs) And for today, I'm kind of the host. I don't know. Like, we just figured this will be fun. It might be best. Look, here's the disclaimer. It might be best on this podcast if we didn't have any single people just for now, even though if they're preparing to get married, maybe they can listen to this. Maybe it's just a look. It's a little weird. I grew up independent Baptist, fundamental Baptist. Sex was a dirty word always. And so I get the pleasure of hosting this podcast today. And if you've got little ones running around, you listen to out of Oz on blast, put the earbuds in. You might want to put the buds in today because we're getting a little, a little down and clean. So the topic today, the topic is, what is sexually permissible in marriage? This is a question that I've gotten quite frequently. It's a question that I've at times tried to handle delicately, but I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of delicacy today. It's just going to be we're just going right after it. Look, there's so much in the so much in the world today that divides the church, the true Christian church from the culture. And probably uh, there's there are very few things that divides us more than when it comes to the topic of sexuality. And what is permissible, what is allowed, what is God glorifying? And I would also say that while the culture around us typically treats sex with extreme flippancy uh, and a casual dismissiveness at times, just whatever goes, uh, the church is called to a much higher standard, a biblical standard when we approach this, the beauty that is supposed to be sexuality. And so the question for us today is, what is right what is good, what is whole in the marriage relationship, sexually speaking, specifically. And to help me answer these questions, I have the Melissa Hale on the podcast today. (laughs) Anytime we're going to talk sex and relationships, we have our our sex guru (laughs) on the podcast. My My daughter addressed this and said, Mom, we need to expand your subject matter a bit. (laughs) And and, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one one trick pony over there. (laughs) Um, uh, And also we have superpowers who's flying in to save the day because I will have very little say on this podcast. We shall see. But let's, let's launch in, kicking it off. It's kind of how we've kicked off the back half of the season. First question every episode. Why are we having this conversation? I'm going to start with the powers. Why are we having the conversation? Hmm. First, we need to be reminded that in the context of marriage, as the Bible defines it, one man, one woman, not polygamous. See the other podcast we did on that. We need to be reminded that sex is good that it is not a creation of God post-fall. It's a pre-fall creation, a one flesh union, Adam. I mean, the very first words we have in the Bible from mankind is Adam words praising God over Eve. This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then it mentions this one flesh union. It is a good and glorious thing. So that's the first reason we need to have this conversation. You also know that like, 
It would not have been the same words uttered from Eve if the roles were reversed. <laughs> what? He wouldn't have been looking at me like, oh, what, how beautiful. How, what amazing. You know. What is going on here? <laughs> what are we doing what, here? What, what, is God, what are you up to? I don't understand. Anyway, this? sorry. I digress. Right. I digress. So, uh, no, go ahead. All right. So that's the first reason. <laughs> the second reason brings us, I think, to present context. We no longer live in a pre-fall right. world. We're in a post-fallen world where sin has entered in and has brought corruption confusion, death, decay, ruin, misery. I mean, you'd name all the adjectives there you want to fill in that that list, which into this setting, into this context, even within the glorious and good one flesh union of marriage, goodness gracious. I mean, there's there's two things I think that married couples argue about the most, sex and money. Huh. Which is and, what I have written. It seems that either on one side, there's never enough of both, <laughs> or that's usually probably from the husband's so perspective. So we need clarity. We need clarity. Well, we need direction. To be very health. honest. And yeah. to understand that this is a broken part of so many lives. And then when you bring sin into this good marital harmony, uh, this one flesh union and intimacy, I mean, sin coming into that just wreaks havoc on the soul. And especially in our day with shame and guilt and insecurities just abound in this arena. That's what I would say why we need to have this conversation. Yeah. So that was a incredibly robust theological answer. I have another one. Melissa, let's go. <laughs> so I am talking about it. Same, but along the same vein, Yeah. marriage and sex are awesome. Bottom line, we need to address that. We need to say it more. We need to, you know, we need to talk about it more. Sex and money are simultaneously, I think, over and undervalued in their importance mm. in how we discuss it. We tend to vilify or elevate yeah, <laughs> one or the other. Right. You know what I mean? We either hate money or we love it. We want Rarely more of it. Or we, right. Or we don't want any sex or we mm. want a bunch of it, you know? And just like <laughs> we have been taught for so many years, let's don't talk about politics or religion at parties. We haven't talked about sex and money. And now no one knows how to talk about sex and money. Right. So we need to be doing it from a biblical perspective. So this is the place to do that. All right, well, yeah, hey. and of all the places to talk about it, I mean, it should be in the church. Dude, and it should be by the right. leaders of the church leading this conversation in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just because you, you're a pastor and you just always want people's money. So, <laughs> right. all right, right but yeah. hey, we're not really talking about money today. That's one of the woes of marriage. Maybe we'll talk about that on another episode. Stewardship, Ooh, you know, loaded. just just some some good practical oh, advice. I didn't mean the pun oh. there. Yeah. Um, Gosh. <laughs> all right. So how has the church historically, what has been the position concerning sex? <laughs> concerning sex. What has been the church's position concerning sexuality historically? Well, what branch of the church are you referring to? Because, well, I mean, we, there's so many avenues and lanes to go down there. I mean, you, you have the you have the extremes of like mm-hmm. celibate Roman Catholic monks, and we've seen how that's ended in so many sad cases with abuse and tons of instances. Then you have the other side where cultic Christian people and like they're having orgies in their worship services and things like this. And those are obviously the far extremes. I think the majority of the church that history has leaned into the goodness of sex in marriage as it's defined um, in the one man, one woman union. 
So I, I think I, I I see this a little bit different. I see where the church is screwed up. Sex, I said like Jack throughout this yes. throughout the centuries. Okay. Yes, like I see it. Like mm-hmm. I mean, we're reading Calvin's little book on the Christian life, which is part of the Institutes right now. Yeah. And he's basically we in chapter four of that. He doesn't mention sex specifically, but it's just basically a diatribe against enjoying anything in this life. And he says we should actually not just accept bad when it comes. We should pray for pain and suffering and bad because it removes us from the entanglements of this life and from the pleasures of this world. And we mm-hmm. had a robust conversation in home group about that mm. the other night because that is that whole very puritanical even though it was poor there the puritans view sure, concerning sure, sure. that which is pleasurable in this life it kind of flies in the face of piper's christian hedonism where he piper's saying we should enjoy all things for the glory of god that's right i think from my studies of church history that by and large the church in a reaction to the over sexualized culture and a reaction to people being so fixated on the pleasures of this life have gone the opposite direction. And maybe that's my upbringing too, speaking, but where sex is just uh, avoided, not distressed, naughty, dirty, whatever. Or perhaps just seen as a tool for procreation. That's right. That, well, maybe that, that's, that's a or, or so distraction for us, okay. you know, whatever. So anyway, that's yeah. how I have seen it is the church hasn't handled the issue of sex well yeah. by and large. Well, then we take the pendulum and swing it too far the other way, whereas, okay, we want to encourage our young people not to have sex until they're married. Okay, great. Well, then we we grew up using words like pee-pee. We weren't even saying penis and vagina in the home. Can't even say your own parts, much less talk about anything pleasurable with them. So we just took it too far, as we tend to do, generationally even, not just church, just generations. We just swing too far the other way. How How has the culture... Today, mm. but just the culture over the last 2,000 years influenced the Christian's view of sexuality. Well, and you just said it a minute ago, you know, that, well, first of all, the culture took over. <laughs> the culture yeah. took over in teaching. And then when the media or the secular culture is the first teacher about sex, then you're in a super dangerous right. situation because we know that the first teacher is the most important one. Anything that comes after that, unlearning is much harder than trying to learn anything. So mm. when the media gets a hold of the kids first, right, that's a super scary thing. And what you said, they made it sex super flippant, funny, it's a joke. And sometimes it is, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's not only that. Yeah. I, I remember being learned and taught by friends oh, yeah. as young as third grade about these things, shown things I I should have never been shown. And my dad having a conversation with me, you know, the birds and the bees, I was in like seventh grade and it was way too late. Way too late. And so my first teacher about these things was the world. I got to talk in 11th grade, so yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's that's way too late. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that the because there's been I mean, this... I was 11 years old in 11 years. So just so <laughs> clear. clear. I just want to make oh, that clear. Genius <laughs> prodigy <laughs> child. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. But yeah, I mean, go, I mean, this. I don't know if this has any part of the conversation. I'm sure it does somewhere. But we we ought to be, I think, with our kids, the first teachers on these things. Yep. And that's that's becoming increasingly yeah. hard with the introduction of iPads and it is and mm-hmm. phones and it is all, all that's even television shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stuff on Disney Plus. So, yeah, I mean, Melissa said that we've talked about a lot on these podcasts, 
the the way the church has been influenced by the culture is radically, mm-hmm. like in every way, without us even realizing it, we've been indoctrinated. And so what we either do is we succumb to that or we rebel against it instead of finding the right path. So we either react negatively and go, no, 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 absolutely nothing the culture has to offer. Right. That's worldly. Now I'm going to go the opposite direction and dress like they did 60 years ago and and talk like they did 60 years ago and, and lace my prayers with these and those. And, or I'm going to slowly bend to the culture. And then when stuff is approached, especially in the sexual realm, I won't have an answer. Things are very muddied. And so we're looking for a better way. So what does the Bible say mm. about Ooh, intimacy? All right. All right. right. (laughs) Professor Hale. (laughs) So this is obviously the crux of everything is what does the Bible say about intimacy? Bring it back. The Bible tells us for sure, we can we can see so many examples that sex is not only for procreation, and yes, it is, Mm -hmm. but it is 100 percent not 100 percent Okay, whatever. Also for recreation. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so freaking awesome. So that's what we know that it's for fun. We know that it's physical. We know that it's emotional. Could you say sorry, I'm just gonna cut in. Could you say that? Sex is for procreation part of your marriage, but it's for recreation all of your marriage. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously. As long as you're physically Absolutely. Able. I was, I was going yeah. to say, like, we, you can go into marriage and maybe we'll talk about this. And you can decide not to have. I think we're actually talking about this on the next podcast. So stay tuned. For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you could decide yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe, hypothetically. I'm not going to be like solid or harsh on this. But you can decide, hey, we're not going to have kids for the first five years. Now you're not having sex for procreation. But you're still having it for recreation. Then for the next 15 years of your marriage, we're like, we're trying to have kids. We're having kids. You're doing it for procreation. And and hopefully recreation. And And then there comes a point where biologically, you're not going to be having children anymore. Like physically speaking. Or medically. But, yeah. But you can still for. Yeah. So if that's lost, if the recreational aspect is lost, a huge chunk of sexuality in marriage is lost. So I don't remember who said this, and it's probably going to be like some lame person that I'm going to regret. Somebody's going to somebody's going to respond on this. It's terrible, but like if sex is healthy in the marriage, it counts for about ten percent. If it's unhealthy, it counts for ninety percent. I don't know about the numbers on that, but I'm just saying personally how you feel about it. So when Uh, when your relationship, yes, like how you're in your marriage, if everybody's happy and healthy sexually. Then you're not really thinking it's about it piece, all that much. It's a piece of the marriage, right? But if when it's, it's not broken, healthy, it's the whole marriage. Then Every, it's like yeah. everything, everything comes important. back yeah. to that. It's, that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know who said it was probably a heretic, but it still makes I, sense. Probably. Yeah. I yeah. know. I don't know, but anyway, Satan even told half truths. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again, going back to we know that sex is physical. Genesis two tells us they're going to become one flesh. That's Proverbs. This is. I'm keenly aware that I'm in a room with only men right now. Proverbs. That's what. Proverbs. Proverbs. <laughs> Speaking of the wife. Solomon says, you know, let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Like, that's quite physical. <laughs> and he wasn't talking to a baby. So we know now they have multiple uses. Okay. Right. Like, that's not right. to a baby. Yeah. yeah. It's super, super emotional. This is why we're not to be unequally yoked. This, mm-hmm. That's part of sure. it. Yeah. it. Because it is a relational thing. And, of course, it's spiritual. Ephesians gives us the picture of the marital relationship being like that of Jesus and the church. And, Lord, what is more spiritual than that? Yeah. It's an all-encompassing thing, and that's why we have to talk about it. We have to. We can't ignore it. I love it. You got anything you want to add there, Pastor? Pastors need to preach on the Song of Solomon more. Word. Uh, We we need lengthy, expositional, verse-by-verse series on things like 
Maybe not on Sunday mornings. Your lips. No, yes, we should. But the children. Well, our children leave. That's all we say. Get out of here. Get out of town. Well, listen. Listen to Song of Solomon 411. Your lips drip nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. We need That's, this to be continually put Christ out there. In the church. Song of Solomon is ultimately a spiritualization yes, is. of Christ. Um, in the okay, Puritan. <laughs> ultimately, yes. Immediately, there's nectar happening I, in marriage. I actually agree with both. I, yeah, I right? see both right there. <laughs> right. right there on the surface, Song of Solomon is a love letter between yeah. a husband right. and a wife. One of his. Below 700 the, below wives the, or 300 <laughs> concubines. Yeah, it's so know, faithful, right? so charged with faithfulness there. It's like, it's like, what about the other 699, Solomon? But uh, but below the surface, Holy Spirit inspired, yeah. it is a love letter mm-hmm. of Christ to the church. So it's both. Yeah. And it needs to be understood as both. Right. Um, so I, I agree with Melissa completely. Like intellectually, I agree with Melissa completely. We are all products of our upbringing and carry mm-hmm. the baggage and the trauma of that. And so I was in... No fault of my parents. Love my parents. They're awesome. Amazing. But we were in the Bill Gothard yep. way of way of living. We were in the I'm ATIA, unfamiliar with this. ATIA, Explain. the radical I don't, I don't right um homeschool cult. Can, I mean, most we, people have said it's a can cult. Can we drop right? names here? Yes. The Duggars. Oh, yeah. We're affiliated the with TLC the TLC show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So right? yeah. Was that extreme, still? extreme right wing. There was patterns of abuse. I'm not talking about the Duggars here. I'm no, just talking right. about ATIA, that program, that network. There was patterns of abuse that emerged from the leadership down, all kinds of stuff. And But sexuality was always demonized. And so I am still 25 years later in recovery. And that's why I'm hosting this episode instead of an expert in the arena. Well, and <laughs> I, I'm not an expert, but I am a woman still recovering from what the woman's role yeah. In yes. the marriage. Extremely is to be, patriarchal. That's right. Extreme. Ladies are doormats. Like, let's just, right. and not you know. Even, but yet we have to serve each other in this area as husband and wife, not mm. just one serving the other. And the talk of if your husband's under a lot of stress, you need to make sure that you're having a lot more sex. He's going to need it more. I'm like, Who? yeah. It's awesome for everyone. So let's just not make it about a service thing. Like this is not It seems like a like a newspaper clip out of like 1951. Well, what a way to make us feel used. Sure. You're you like know. we're not just this a receptacle far above for your stress. The level of you know? Like, that's right. just not yeah. I I agree. So the Bible talks about sexuality a lot. A lot. It's it's everywhere. As a matter of fact, it talks about sexuality a lot more than it does hmm. other things that we talk about a lot. Like what? Like, for example, I don't know about this, but like when we talk about money or we talk about prayer, or we talk about heaven or hell, like the Bible talks about sexuality more than it talks about some of these major themes mm-hmm. that we sure. talk about, sure, sure. you know? And so it's all over the place. And so now we're going to get into like what everybody has tuned in for. Let's go. And what I am going to probably need some trauma therapy afterwards concerning, <laughs> but what is actually sexually permissible in marriage before we get into specifics and we are going to get into specifics here mm-hmm. i know i know you guys are excited i'm not can we just keep kind of a broad unpacking understanding i can do of, that one of what is sexually <laughs> permissible in marriage powers so here's here's what i tell folks at our church here's how holly and i kind of walk this line as long as husband and wife are not going against any biblical commands or biblical statements or crossing the line into sin, which we need to then define that line, I think, after we say this, perhaps. As long as we're not crossing lines into sin, the husband and wife are free in their sexual intimacy to enjoy one another 
outdo one another in humble service to one another with anything they so desire, as long as they're not crossing the line into sin. So what you're saying, so I'm make sure we're here, is nothing is really like permissible if you're coming at it from a selfish standpoint. No. I mean, so no. to speak, like if it's just all about me, yeah. like, granted, sexuality is enjoyable for both. And so there is a element of selfishness. It's probably not even wrong there. But if it's all about me or primarily mm-hmm. about me, instead of my significant other, my wife, yeah. husband, um, then then we've got issues right from the yeah. jump before we even get into the practical mm-hmm. applications of this. Yeah, yeah, we need to bring Philippians to the mindset, outdoing one another in humility, thinking the other is more important than ourselves. And in the bedroom, the husband or the wife, if they're both trying to serve the other That's right. physically in their intimacy in that way, I mean, that that will light the fires of intimacy yeah. more than anything when you're trying to serve to the uttermost your partner. And this perhaps is where we need to think, uh, I don't like the book, The Five Love Languages. I get the gist. I think I agree with the gist. We love other people as they desire to mm-hmm. be loved, not as we desire to love them. Mm-hmm. If we use that idea so we don't give principle, books to our wives. Just because well, I do. like receiving books from my wives. Right, I know. Right. Um, in this way, I think husband and wife needs to have the conversation. What do you desire that I do for you? So, you know, there's an honest conversation in this. So we're serving one another in the ways we desire to be served in that intimate context, rather than the way we just desire to serve them or we think is best. Did Holly say that you could serve her by growing that six stash? <laughs> or is that just for the sex podcast today? No comment. <laughs> uh, okay, so oh, listen, I'm, I'm testing your tracking with us here. Yeah, so let's I agree. let's just yeah. end this. What is permissible? I say what is mutually agreed upon and legal. Okay, <laughs> I, I would go. So <laughs> I, so I, I, mean, I, really. I would. Oh, that's a funny. I, I, I think, didn't think I about think, that. I think there is. Um, I think there is because most stuff is legal. Um, <laughs> in in the mar- in the marriage relationship, but I think that you know I would agree with Adam. And I think you would as well that yeah. there are certain things that are clearly prohibited in Scripture, and we're going to talk about those. And we'll get there, yeah. But yeah, we need. But to. that's that's mm-hmm. really the only stipulation I would bring. I mean, mutual permission is very important. Which is one, why the communication. You might have is a daredevil in a marriage, and then you might have, you know, I don't even know what was her name, Marge Cleaver or something. You might have that. I don't know, but maybe she was weird. I don't know. Um. So how about role play? All yep. right, let's just let's just dive into this, Melissa. Role play. Yep. 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 Okay. <laughs> Period. It's allowed if both are in agreement. Yeah. If one person is, un- is is uncomfortable with it, no. Then that's it. Right. But is it permissible? Sure. Yeah. No. So that's. I think that's that's where the, that's where long. Oh control. yeah. Our media director Jeffrey Singer is here, and and he has brought a good point. And I was thinking that Yikes. along the same lines is. So let's say that you have. I'm just. This is hypothetical. This is not me. Okay. I just want to be clear here. It's not me. Um. But let's say that you have a major crush on a celebrity. And like oh, y'all talk yes. about your marriage. Hey, who's who's the cutest person? And we could go into like if that's okay or whatever. Who's the cutest person in Hollywood, like or celebrity wise or whatever? And so it's this this girl, and then you want your wife to dress up as that girl. Mm-mm. There there could be some there's some <laughs> issues there. You're crossing so, the line. Crossing I was the line. thinking yeah. more. So we're not talking like dressing up as a hot a nurse or, or what were you thinking? I was yeah. thinking more like let's walk up to a bar and act like we never met before, kind of thing. Like oh, no, you no, know, that, or those kind that, of things. That is like, cool. the, like yeah. I wasn't thinking a person like right wonder woman whatever whatever you're, you know. yeah. but it, yeah. i wasn't thinking i was thinking more character not sure okay and so i think that that distinction Princess is important Leia. because as people are listening to this 
Look, we we do know that pornography is rampant. We do know for guys and girls, we do know that that infidelity of the mind is something that goes on in marriage relationships. Right. So what we're not doing is throwing a blanket over if you have an obsession or infatuation with someone else who you know or someone else who you don't know, a celebrity figure, that to then exercise that in role play scenario, that's not okay. Like right. that. Right. So, right. so there needs to be that. Okay. That's how about, just cringy too. How, how about toys? Adam. Is mutually acceptable. <laughs> I need Jeffrey Singer here beside me for this. I'm like, I'm so uh, uncomfortable. Well, no, I mean, they're, they're, if if your husband or wife are okay with this and want to do this, and as long as you're on the same page about this, sure. But which is why you got to have a chat about it. Yeah. You do. You know, like, are you okay with this? Like, would you enjoy this? And I, I would have issue like walking into a place where you would purchase such a thing. Well, I guess you can buy everything online now. So... Amazon, yeah, it used to be the case. You'd have to walk into a place like that. And to, in a shady part of town. Yeah, to, <laughs> to buy things right? like this, but I guess now that's there's not a, the There's case. a lady in our church who remained nameless who told my wife that she shares an Amazon account with her parents, and she forgot that when she ordered something. So you might not want to do that. That could be a little embarrassing. <laughs> okay, but. I'm going to help the, the gentleman out a okay, little yeah, bit here. Yeah, go for it. So this is women and men tend to be, and I hate these generalizations, hmm. but tend to be like a crockpot, instapot situation. You know, women <laughs> women take a little longer to get things heated up. So here's the deal. Quickies have their place in a marriage. Sometimes you only have a little bit of time, kids taking a nap, whatever. If tools are there to help things move along a little faster, thank the Lord for the tools and keep them charged up. I just don't think this is a really, as, again, as long as everyone is in agreement and it never takes the place of the spouse. Yeah. Never yeah. takes the place of the spouse, yeah. ever. Yeah, I think that's that's so. One of our staffers got in a desk yesterday, and they're like, "It's from IKEA. Like, I'll be able to put it together." And I'm like, "With the tiny little Allen wrench that's there, like, good luck. You're gonna be there for four days." I'm like, "There's a drill with an Allen wrench drill bit over in the coffee shop. Why don't you get that? And you'll be able to put it together in no time." And that's how I would understand this conversation around toys. Is <laughs> is there is something to be said for uh, the gift of technological advancements right. that helps us to achieve something in a more rapid or fierce way. But perhaps there is the the value in the crock pot idea, the enjoyment Sometimes you of let it simmer. taking something yeah. longer. Oh, yeah. We like to smell right? our roast slow, cooking all day. <laughs> the slow <laughs> for sure. process of warming up and getting ready, right? Yeah. No, yeah. no, for sure. And but I think, there there, I think once again, we have to come yeah. back to the mutually that, yeah. mutual um, understanding of that as well, because if one spouse is, but the other is not, then there has to be a respect among them mutually in that. Mm -hmm. Also medical reasons. Yeah. Huh. That toys may be useful later okay. in life. You know, if someone has something going on that prevents them from fulfilling sexually everything, then there could be yeah. a mutually agreed upon. Mm. This is what we're going to use huh. because there's a medical condition that's, going that's on. That's good. Sure. That, hey, that's good. Some of y'all needed to hear that. All right. Uh, I did not I'm make sure. this outline, so I'm just going to read the question. Butt stuff. And because we're grownups, we're going to say anal sex. Okay, sure. That is a better way to put it. So here's the deal on this one. I said you do you. Melissa's just a yes on everything, okay? So No, no, she's not. <laughs> I would say that I'm not a doctor and I don't even play one on TV, but I do believe that but most medical professionals— Last night. <laughs> most medical professionals would agree that your anus is for elimination and not penetration. Mm-hmm. And there's a lots of reasons for that, and there's that. So again, is it sinful? I'm not going to say if it is or isn't. Is it advisable? Probably not. 
Okay. Fine. Sinful, no. I mean, I think that's clear. But yeah, exit only. Keep right on. Yeah. I mean, it's that that seems to be how the body is designed. Though, again, I mean, I don't want to be the one to draw the line here and say yeah. that that is sin if a couple were doing that. I, I would say they're, yeah, medically, I think it's problematic. And yeah, yeah. exit so, only. I would probably be like um, the furthest left on this one then because I'd be like, whatever. You know, I think there's lots of things that we do that are not. I'm drinking coffee. That's not really medically great for me. I think that there's a well, lot. Well, depends who you talk to. I, I know. That's true. And we'll probably be having that conversation on anal sex 50 years from now. Oh, it's actually oh, good God. for you now. <laughs> right. We found out it's good for you to expand that. You know, I don't know. Um, So I don't know. I just I, I feel like um the, the standard still applies that several things we talk about sexually in marriage potentially are not like the healthiest thing physically, maybe, or in life in general. Um, I don't know if I would stand against that. So I would say it's definitely permissible, and I wouldn't even say it's not advisable. I think that is probably one of the biggest ones in conversations I've had that is most discomfort around, like uncomfortable hmm. in the sense of one spouse, typically the woman, is not comfortable with that, at least in conversations that we've had. We'll, we'll move on. Can you watch porn? No. Nope. Absolutely not. No one else That's... is invited to the marriage bed. Well, not only that, but you're, <laughs> well, yes, yes and amen, because you are bringing other people uh -huh. into this and you're crossing the line into what is prohibited and I be clear all here, We're not scripture. talking about if your wife says you can watch porn and you're watching it in your bedroom by yourself or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about watching it together. Even if it's right. together. Because people nope. say, well, me and my wife are together. Me and my husband are together and we watch this and it arouses We us use it to warm up. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. No, no so way. You're no going to say no. You're going to say no. Get the crock no. pot on. I'm going to say a hard no on That's this right. one. Yeah. Hard no on this one. Go back to our porn episode. We had Jimmy Trent on who deals with addiction. Season one. Season all back. Season one. Uh, really, really good episode. You can watch that. Outside marriage, inside marriage, porn is never good for a multiplicity never. of reasons, right. but particularly in marriage, it does not build trust. It actually builds objectification. And all you're doing now is objectifying someone right. else to fulfill a fantasy. Um, Bringing that's, unrealistic That's going to ideals. unravel your marriage instead of build it up. Mm -hmm. Like right. there's not any success stories right. there. Right. Um, how about sending naughty pics? This is funny. Mutually acceptable. Is it wise? I say, you know, dance like no one's watching and text like it's going to be read in court. Okay, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a, should we do well it? Said. Because someone could get into your phone. In some database, or all you these could, things Or are you could stored. accidentally oh. send it to someone. That Done it. By accident, that's not your so, spouse. Mark, my husband, who now his name is on the podcast, which was his biggest fear. Shout um, out to Mark Hale. Mark I know, Hale. I know you're loving this. We're sitting at the table several years back, and I could see him. And he, we were being funny and playful all day, whatever. And I saw him. And he's kind of got a grin on his face and he's texting. And my oldest daughter comes out of her room a few seconds later and she goes, why? Why? Oh my gosh, why? Get it off my phone. Get it off my phone. Oh my gosh. And he sent me, he sent that a text horrifying. to her that said, get naked. Oh no. <laughs> and, make, and I just went, <laughs> and oh, held up my wedding ring and I'm like sorry little girl you know who your parents are and you know how you got here so whatever but right. she's like get it off my phone so she hands me the phone I took a screenshot of it sent it to myself and then deleted it over phone. oh <laughs> so my gosh yeah no but wonder she's in the room now we, we all laughed about it and you know yeah. whatever but she's like oh my gosh my stinking parents so you would your advice would be be careful very very careful with that. Oh, I Which think I, I have accidentally sent you a text that was meant for someone else about the no, link. Nothing, nothing sexual. No, I'm going to tell no, you. No, the context. Just for clear. Just for clear. The link clear. of the uh, 
members class because I was saying something about, I know it's a really long one. It's like four hours, but don't be intimidated. He goes through it really well, whatever, whatever. And I sent it to Aaron instead of sending it to someone trying to encourage <laughs> them to come to the new members class. I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't say anything bad about it. <laughs> no, I know. I know. That does happen and it can happen with, with Naughty Picture. What, what's your takeaway on that? I would say somewhere in some place in some storage facility in a cloud in the middle of nowhere in an <laughs> iCloud or actual literal database building tower thing, everything on our phones is probably stored somewhere. It's probably not the wisest thing to do. What about um, disposable cameras? Get that bad boy developed. I guess that's a mod. That oh, Polaroids. Yeah. Polaroids. Someone's got to develop them. No, no on Polaroids. a Polaroid, they spit Polaroid. it out. Oh, the little, right, right the little yeah. and you got to do this. Yeah, you got to do that thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I put it through the shredder afterwards. I don't. Okay, but I what's the know. point Someone's of that? Find what it. if you're gonna do the Polaroid and shake it out? Okay, fine. That's not in the cloud anywhere. Yeah. Whatever. Somebody's gonna find that. Your grandkids. Yeah. Oh <laughs> somebody's my. gonna find that later. 60, on. 70 years later. So I mean, I mean, going I'll through just, the pics of grandma yeah. and grandpa. <laughs> I would just say, yeah, yeah. I would Ooh. say uh, the, the marriage album. Where, where did this come from? Yeah, I'm curious. What what would you guys say about somebody who is I don't know in the military That's or something like that like, like is or, or even, deployed for a year or two and that they're not going to see their spouse for six seven maybe nine ten oh, also something that's kind of kind of become somewhat popular and I know I don't think it's like full nudity but like these kind of like scandalous little albums that I've heard people make like for boudoir their shoots yeah yeah stuff like, like that they like do they'll, these they'll do boudoir stuff like, photo shoots yeah like it's just yeah. basically like what kind of kind of hot. It's sexy, like lingerie. Yeah, um, stuff for the shoots. husband hmm. or maybe for the wife. I don't know about that. Um, I, I have it, a hard time believing why I was wanting to see that. But ways. anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> ma maybe. I just see Kramer in my head in that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem Showering with his disposal down at the bottom. I would say definitely be be cautious. I do think that there are a lot of men and women who have to travel for work. Yeah, yeah. And it's way better to have if your spouse is affirming of that. I don't think it's good to like take shady secret like your spouse doesn't know you have like this on FaceTime. but 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 if you have this yeah well that's that's the next question is phone sex you're right okay yeah. you know i know i'm just saying like and they kind of grow together but to have that i wouldn't say that's like wrong phone sex facetime sex i mean i can't say that it's wrong i don't know that it, yeah whatever no one cares what i think about it personally <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something teenagers would do so i'd it does i would say no i would say yes if they're married. I think and, it's permissible. Yeah. yeah. I can't oh, say right. it. Um, I grew up never saying this word, so you'll have to pardon my cringe. Can you masturbate even if it's only to thoughts, photos of your spouse? No. I would say no. Well, we well, just that, talked that, about that, that, that basically that eliminates phone sex. It then. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. David Platt. Yeah. So in, in my mm. studying, I went back to my old okay. um, radical secret church. Yep. Secret church on yep. marriage, family, sex, and the gospel. And rewatched it all. Was, Got out my old one. 2011. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And David Platt said that personal masturbation is a singular homosexual act and that it is individually focused and not spouse focused. I heard that. And I think that is the dumbest statement. I I've ever was heard. like, I don't know about all that. Not the dumbest I've ever heard, but like to say it's homosexuality, I think this is where I, Christians I, I, hate stuff. And they like, exactly. I did. I mean, right. I did when it because you're it pleasuring yourself. Time, so you're being pleasured right. by a man. Like I get all that and I'm not an advocate for masturbation at all, but I'm just like, that's so dumb. Like, let's not make stupid statements right. to try to prove our point. I like, did let's, Yeah. When I Keep first heard it, then, yeah. I must've highlight, I highlighted it in my book because yeah. I must've thought, I was, oh, well, here we are 11 years later. And I'm like, ask your spouse. 
if it's bothersome or, you know, if, if the spouse is okay with it. And sort of similar to using toys because they may be hand in hand on that bad choice of words. And I knew it was, but I couldn't oh, think of another one. Gosh. But, <laughs> but it, that's like when Crystal said, whatever your hand finds to do. Yes. And I'm just like, do it with on. all your yeah, might. Yeah, do it with all your might. And I'm Yikes. like, so Melissa and Driscoll. He says the right hand of fellowship. I'm yeah. like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a line that's easy to cross in that conversation where, you know, I wouldn't adamantly say, no, I'll th- I'm going to throw one more in here really quick that, mm. uh, that we have not talked about. But I think it's just something to address. I think I know where everybody stands. Scripture is really clear. But mutually acceptable, affirming husband and wife bring in a third person no no okay and i would say no as well no. but that's just something no way. i mean because that's not faithfulness that's no. adultery no. it is no. that's adultery so that's it's not a one flesh union You're, you that's can't right. bring in that's other right. flesh and then fi- final question well final question no, on this little not. segment okay. sex with a spouse <laughs> got a lot more here <laughs> yeah we're we got we got like maybe 10 minutes left here okay. folks so right. hey hour and a half later what rapid fire um <laughs> sex with spouse outside of the bedroom of the home yeah yeah yeah, of course. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like there's so many questions, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I would say sure. Like mix it up, have some there, fun. There, there is something to okay. say about public discretion. Oh, for sure. Like and legality. You can't just go to the <laughs> no. middle of the park with like <laughs> noon on a Saturday. Well, you know, I'm not and like dip into our ten minutes, but I have a true, a real crime story about that <laughs> on honeymoon island i'm not even kidding that'll oh be a, that'll here. be a, an Oz oh special real right. after dark yeah Oz after dark. Oz after, what is off limits but sexually between husband and wife other people okay we talked about other it I mean, people yeah. other people pornography so obviously yeah. digitally or literally someone else being there when one spouse says no i'm not and you have conversations mm-hmm. and you think through it and pray through it and you know one spouse says no like we talked about role play with where it's a fulfillment of a fantasy that type of role play probably. So there are things we've already addressed that would be a problem. Is a woman permitted to refuse her husband's sex? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Or can a husband refuse the wife? Absolutely. Okay. There's yeah. lots of reasons for abstinence and certain times of your life for, I mean, postpartum, you know, all kinds, there's lots of reasons. The deal is, and I don't know if this was the heart of the question, withholding sex as a punishment or even using sex as a reward. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Unless it's like in good fun, like, hey, you know what? I might have we're, something we're to offer under you. Gospel, you not <laughs> law, right? Right. right. So yeah. it's that's a heart problem. Mm. And when we're using sex as punishment, withholding or using it as, as a reward, that is just a sign that the role of sex is jacked yeah. in the relationship. Something's off. Yeah, sure. that, that, those are all wonderful reasons. Medically, there'd be a ton of other reasons for, for abstinence sure. too, after pregnancy, after a vasectomy, after all sorts of other things, mm-hmm. a hysterectomy. That there's time there where you just cannot. Dude, strep throat. I and, mean, and like also, anything, like you could just <laughs> be sick. Like whether, you can, whether, <laughs> whether it's physical, like medically related or not, there are times where it's appropriate or fine, I think, to say no. First Corinthians seven. Or, so First Corinthians right? seven, I would take as a more broad principle right. of an ongoing issue where do not deprive one another. Mm-hmm. That's right. more of an ongoing thing. It's not like a right. Thursday night and I'm exhausted or Daniel's exhausted. I'm like, yes, let's let's you know, and, and they're like, no, no, the I'm, I'm early, so stressed so and I'm so like like yeah. that's 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 one thing. That's isolated events. I'm talking about. I think First Corinthians seven is this broad principle where you know Paul starts out by saying it's different man not to touch a woman and 
7-1, which is a sexually charged thing. So basically he's he's advocating, I believe, for if you can be celibate, be celibate. Like I said, Jeff, that's good. Yeah. But if not, if you're not burned with this, get married that's and right. exercise this righteously. And and then it's like, but if one wants to deprive the other or like don't deprive each other unless it's mutually exclusive again. So there there's like a be season a, of harmonious an ongoing like fasting. pattern of this if yeah. one is not okay with that. Right. This is where pastoral counseling or biblical counseling or sexual counseling it can be helpful. Because if one had, if, if like, let's just say hypothetically, a man, um, his wife doesn't want to have sex with him because she found out he has a severe porn addiction or he was unfaithful or he has been verbally abusive or whatever it is. Hmm. But he's like, but you're depriving me. And First Corinthians seven says not to do that. There's a lot of problems, there, which yeah, happens. There, yes, exactly. That's a that, real, th those things yeah. really happen. Probably really common. Those yes. those are Very things common. that we need to discuss and kind of out and say that's that's not the wife in that situation is not wrong. That's not. They punishing need counsel. Him, right? They need therapy. They need to work through these trust issues that are there, and vice versa. If the if the husband, you know, typically doesn't happen, but if the husband is refusing sex, and then it says, but then let them come back together. Paul says, so they're not tempted. Like mm -hmm. they're, yeah. So yeah. there should only be a season, mutually agreeable season for some reason, unless it's medical, like mm -hmm. you said, or or some some other variable that's you know hard to kind of quantify, and then they need to come back together. So I've had counseling in in our church before with both sides of this, where I, either there was a husband that felt like he was not receiving as much as he should have from his wife. And then there was a wife who felt like she was not receiving as much as she Which should from her husband. Which happens a lot. And yeah, it's it's a lot more common than you think. So that leads us actually to the next question, which is mm. how do you navigate a, sta a situation where one of the spouses is uncomfortable with a sexual request? Mm. And it could be the frequency of sexuality. It could be, you know, any of the things we've kind of talked about. But you have somebody who's uncomfortable with it. How do we how do we navigate that power? You're you're a pastor. I want I want to hear from you really quick, and I'm gonna hear from mm -hmm. the doctor. <laughs> if the posture from the get go approaching these things is outdoing one another in humility, as soon as you hear the discomfort or the mm, maybe there's cringe there, and there, it's just clear that this is not what's going to be. Someone's gonna have to be like forcing the issue here. You just got to back off right away. Uh, in humility, realizing that's just not going to happen. But if you can talk through these things and realize perhaps this desire, well, it takes talking through them to realize if this desired activity is going to be fulfilled or if it's something that's just off the table, out of bounds, uh, it takes a conversation. But if one person's forcing or pressing the issue, I think you're crossing lines that you should not cross when you're thinking more selfishly than rather in humility, I would say. I would agree. And I would say, yeah, approach it with humility and much, much tenderness because mm. so much damage yeah. can be done right. through sexual rejection of any kind, whether mm. it's frequency or positionally type of thing you sure. want to do, whatever. It Most of the time, it's still going to be received as a rejection, which is super tough to be sexually rejected by your spouse, yeah. by the person who's supposed to grant you your conjugal rights, you know, mm. biblically. And there are so many of these things that need to be talked about more than once. So say a request is during the season of time when you got little ones running around all the time, you just, 
there, some women just don't want to be touched anymore, man. Kids are climbing on them no. all the time. Like in no way, space. right. In no way <laughs> is their love language going to be leaning toward touch. physical touch because no. they're no. overwhelmed with the physical touch. And then, right? and, and, then, and then her husband comes in wearing a mustache and she's like, don't even come, <laughs> you know, don't come at me with that. I know. Crazy. But crazy people. You take a different season of life where there is no kids in the house, whatever. Well, you know what? It, it does change. Like, and the sex drive changes throughout the years. I, yeah. I might be the oldest person in this room and I'm telling you it changes. Mm. So these things need to be addressed yeah. it ebbs and often flows. because it's, so just because you ask it once or, or discuss it once doesn't mean that it's a one and done situation. And we can be thankful to the Lord for mismatched sex drives. Honestly, it's a gift because it does change through the years. And so what if you both had a low sex drive at the same time? That, yeah. that would not be awesome. I mean, it just wouldn't. Right. So it's sort of like- You get a lot of reading done. <laughs> you get a lot of reading done. But we can be thankful that at least it's what keeps us connected in a way that we're not connected to anybody else. Yeah. Sex mm -hmm. is just for the marriage. And that's what makes part of what makes that relationship so very Different special and others. set apart from yeah. all others. Yeah. We can be very thankful to the Lord for the, even in those seasons of mismatched sex drives. I know that sounds- counterintuitive, but we really can. In that regard, I think marriage, when it's when it's healthy. Right. And I think I think we would all agree that a sign of health in marriage is growth in sexual intimacy over the long haul. It's yeah. it's, it's it's like wine. It gets better mm -hmm. with age, things like this. But in marriage it's like good wine. The context <laughs> good wine, not not Franzia, the box wine, right? Um yeah. Marriage, you find a recovery of the Genesis 2 pattern a little bit. We have lost what we once had. We now clothe ourselves to hide shame. Mm -hmm. But in marriage, there's a little bit of a taste of what's to come with the recovery of naked and not ashamed. That's right. That's recovered in marriage a little bit once again. Yeah. And it, it should just stoke the fires of what's coming for eternity. I like that. I'll, I'll kind of cap this question for me anyway by saying, and y'all mm. mentioned it, get, like, talk to somebody, like, get help. Yeah. If, yeah. If you're, if somebody's uncomfortable, because, you know, and Melissa touched on this, but like, it doesn't just have to be the person uh, who wants sex or wants to explore feeling beat up and like they're guilty of something. Mm -hmm, right. There are people who grew up in incredibly strict religious, Catholic, Protestant backgrounds, whatever it is, Muslim backgrounds, got saved out of Islam, and where, they're scared of sexuality and they need to talk to somebody to, so they can be freed from that terror so there can be health in sexuality and marriage. Yeah. So it's, it goes on both sides of this conversation. The final thing I would just lay is how would you encourage a Christian couple who is wading through the confusing waters of intimacy? I would say, like I say, everything, you know, talk about it. You've got to talk about it, whether it's, uh, of course, with the spouse, but even even therapy. I think Satan loves for us to struggle in secret. He loves for us to struggle in private. So when we bring what's in the dark, so to speak, out into the light, um, <laughs> hey, another one, um, it just starts to take on some healing Yeah. just by bringing it into the light. That mm -hmm. alone is enough of healing. There's resources out there. Um, tons. There's tons. There's a uh, Marriage365 on Instagram, if you guys follow them. I love them. They talk about all kinds of good marriage stuff, but they don't make it weird. Sometimes it is, but mm. it's funny because it's true. Um, but there's resources out there. If you don't want to go to therapy, like these people, they offer like subscriptions. It's where you can watch yeah. their videos, whatever. And they have a thing called the 
naked dinners or something. And it's not really a naked dinner. It's being vulnerable, mm. sitting with the, asking hard questions where you're quote unquote naked. Makes me think of a book. I don't know if I'd agree with everything in the book. Well, the only book we should agree with everything is the Bible, but right. it's it's an old book intended for pleasure. It's thick. And it, it has like diagrams of like anatomy to help husband oh, and wife it. like work through these things together. It's probably way too thick, but it's a very, very detailed explanation of why sex is intended for pleasure in yeah. marriage. But I would say to just add on to that, these are things that ought to be normal discussion yes, for Christians. Lord. If you're close enough relationally with your pastor and you feel like your pastor is mature enough to handle these conversations, talk to your pastor about these things. Talk to your pastor and wife about these things. If you don't feel like that, there ought to be someone in your church, someone that you know that's a believer, that loves the Lord, that's an older couple Mm -hmm. having walked through these issues before themselves. Lean into the council and just be really honest. Say, hey, we want some advice. We're struggling with this. We're kind of confused about this. Help us think through this. What are good rhythms? What's good practice? Uh, that those be incredibly helpful. Yeah. I have yeah. a question I want to add that wasn't on the list. Yeah, please. This is something that. So, what about scheduling sex? Sometimes you have to. When the kids get older and the they're staying up later than like eight thirty, right? <laughs> and they go to bed when you go to bed. All of a sudden, it's just. We've got to get creative. I get. I see the calendar as so it's another tool. Like we yeah, just use yeah, yeah. use the, use the tool, and it, there has to once can be a comfort level in that for both of them. Um, I'm actually all in favor of it because yeah. life is busy and stressful. Right. Yeah. And, and I am too. We, I, we wake up, we work, we go to sleep, and it's like especially when you have little kids running around the house and you have you know all the pressures of ministry pulling at you all the time. And so I, I think that, but I think that that would be something that you need to talk through because if one spouse is not comfortable once again with that. And you find out why, yeah, why they feel right. a certain way. And then, so, I mean, you touched, you, you hit it, Melissa. I mean, like communication is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Diagnosis of yeah. why we're feeling the way we feel and what we, why we fear the things we fear. All that stuff is going to be really helpful and good. So anyway, um, Melissa will be here to ask questions and provide <laughs> therapy moving forward at no. Building 28. Resident Thanks, Thank you guys for tuning in today. And uh, I'm just the only one willing to talk about it. That's all. <laughs> hopefully you had fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Odds is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.